Uh, Julianne, it's great to have you with us tonight. Uh, thank you for being here, for agreeing to uh, yeah, have the spotlight on you for a couple of moments. Uh, for those who don't know, maybe weren't able to make it out this morning, Julianne uh, is our new children's worker. We were able to commission her this morning uh, and celebrate that and mark it uh, as a church family. And it was brilliant. It was a really special uh, service. Do listen in if you can uh, or ask Billy for a CD at the end. Uh, just to be part of that and to celebrate with us. Uh, but this morning we commissioned you, and tonight is really an opportunity just to ask a couple of questions, to catch mm -hmm. up, hear a little more of your story, uh, and discover in hearing what God has done through and in you uh, up to this point. Uh, the hope is that we'll leave tonight encouraged and challenged mm -hmm. and inspired uh, to both follow and fish, to borrow mm -hmm. a phrase from this morning. Uh, so, Julianne, uh, Actually, just before I jump in, uh, as Julianne shares tonight and uh, may stir a question for you, we're not going to have an open mic, don't <laughs> panic, uh, but it might stir a question for you that you can ask Julianne as you get to know her over the coming weeks and months. Uh, so just keep that in the back of your mind, I suppose. So Julianne, let us jump in. <laughs> Tell us a wee bit more about yourself uh, and some of your kind of key milestones in your journey so far. Okay, well, um, my name's Julianne, I'm 26 years old. Um, I was brought up by my mom and dad and I have one older brother. Um, I'll just start with the usual cliche and that's um, that I was born into a Christian family. Um, I was sent along to Sunday school and church from an early age, um, although it was a lot more traditional than this church here. Um, but I became a Christian um, at the age of four. Um, I can't really remember much about it, apart from the fact that I knew I needed to have my sins forgiven. Um, but I also remember as a young child, praying to God maybe five, ten times a day, asking him to come into my heart and take away my sins. Um, I don't think I really understood what it meant to have my sins forgiven, and I remember being scared that God hadn't heard me. Um, and I guess traditionally in some um, churches, there's such a big focus on saying the prayer as a child, but very little follow-up. And I think that's where um, discipleship is so important to me in children's ministry. Um, yes, it's so important for children to get saved, but it's so important as well to help them to understand their faith and to understand the character of God um, and what it means to be a Christian. Um, and I don't think I really understood these things until I was in my teens. Um, but anyway, I was brought up between Carriedoff and St. Field. We went to primary school in St. Field, and then I went to Down High in Downpatrick. Um, one of the significant milestones in my faith was when I started to attend Mullertown Camp in Annalong, run by BCM. Um, and I was talking to some girls at um, Fuse on Friday night, and I know some of them go to Mullertown, so that's a cool connection. Um, but I started going when I was 13 for one week, and then by the age of 16, I was there for like six weeks of the summer. Um, and it was really there that it helped me with my faith. Um, it helped me on my Christian journey. Um, it helped me understand what it meant to be a Christian. Um, and I guess it was there that I was properly discipled. Um, and it was there that my passion for ministry and mission really developed. Um, and in truth, it was probably Mullertown that became more of a church to me at that time. Um, so I do owe a lot to Mullertown. Um, so anyone of parents or anyone children here, please um, send your kids there. Um, anyway, so after school, I went to Jordanstown. I studied occupational therapy. Um, which became a massive pain because everyone kept asking me what it was. Um, and I still don't have a good definition, so don't ask me. <laughs> um, so then around that time, then before I went to uni, I started attending Newton Breed Baptist. Um, and then that's, where, um, that's the church that became our spiritual home. 
Um, after university, I worked for a while in employment for um, people with learning and disabilities and um, physical disabilities. And then I worked for the Southeastern Trust for a while as a pediatric OT. Um, and then we ended up in Nigeria, but I'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> uh, do you mind me asking what age you are? 26. 26, okay, that's a lot packed into <laughs> 26 years. Um, you mentioned Stephen, I think, in the midst of all of that. Yeah, maybe uh, not. <laughs> I knew that was your second question. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us a little more about Stephen, okay. how he's met, how long you've been married, all of that. Okay, um, I did, I think there's a photo here of um, Ivy as well. So this is our wee girl, I just thought I'd throw that in for a cute factor. But yeah, um, so I met Stephen um, when I was still at school, so I was in upper sixth, um, and it seems like such a long time ago, um, but he was friends at the time actually with um, my best friend's boyfriend, but they're no longer together, but that doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> so that's how we met, um, where we met was, it was really random, we actually met in a country um, Presbyterian church that neither of us went to, so it was so random that we met there, um, but we got married two weeks after I graduated from Jordanstown. Um, and we've been married now for four and a half years. Um, and then some of the highlights really, I suppose, have been serving God together in Newton Breda and then in Nigeria. And then the biggest highlight has been little Ivy, um, who's now seven and a half months old. Hmm. Well, uh, little Ivy uh, arrived uh, shortly after the interview, hmm. back in yeah. May. Um, yeah. Thankfully not during the interview. No. Hello. <laughs> I know David said close. this morning. <laughs> David said this morning um, she came two weeks after. It was actually two days after I went into hospital. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was close. Uh, and so, in what ways has Ivy's arrival changed your world, changed or impacted your faith? Um, well, she's changed everything, I suppose. Um, I don't think you can really prepare yourself for how much a baby changes your world and every sense, um, your conversation changes. Like I laugh about this all the time. You used to talk about normal things and now you talk about the contents of her nappy. And it's just, <laughs> you don't sleep anymore. Um, your interests change. My new hobby at the moment is making all this random baby food and seeing what random things I can put into it and see if she eats it and she eats it all, which is brilliant. Um, so yeah, life changes, but I guess the thing that's um, impacted my faith since having Ivy um, is my prayer life. Um, I've prayed so much more, um, and not for me, but for her. Um, I read a book shortly after Ivy was born on the, prayer, uh, the power of prayer in motherhood, and it challenged me to pray more specifically, because um, often we pray such general prayers for our health, for work, for family, but this book really challenged me to pray specifically. Um, although um, sometimes the things I pray for are so silly, like I've actually been praying for her husband and she's only seven and a half months. <laughs> it's like crazy. Um, <laughs> but having Ivy as well, it's also given me um, eyes to understand better in a small way um, the love that God has for us. Um, the love I have for Ivy is just so much greater than what I ever could have thought. Um, and it's given me eyes to see then God's heart for his children, his heart to only want good things for us. And when life does give us trials and bad times, I can see how this hurts the heart of God um, and his heart breaks for us so much. Um, and I guess that's why then he made a plan for us to be saved. Um, so I think it's really helped me to understand God's heart for us um, and his sacrifice and sending his son Jesus um, to die on the cross for us. So. Great. Great. 
Um, obviously today marks the beginning of uh, your new chapter at Windsor as children's worker. Uh, fill in a little bit of the detail just around your journey up to now, especially in the children's ministry. You mentioned the significance of Mullerton in mm -hmm. all of this. Yeah. Uh, and what God's kind of been teaching you on the journey as well. Yeah. Um, so this is quite a long answer to this, so bear with me. Um, but I guess my journey started not really into a call into children's ministry, but more a call into mission. Um, and like I said earlier on, I'm going to Muller Town, it gave me a heart for mission. Um, and this led to a number of short-term mission teams. We went to Uganda, me and Stephen led an exodus team to Romania, um, and we both felt that mission was something for us to explore more. And then we ended up in Nigeria with Mission Africa, um, and that was in 2015. So our plan back in 2015, and the missions plan at that time was for us to be there for two years um, with the outlook of it maybe becoming more permanent. Um, and a key verse um, that I just wanna share, I don't know if it's coming up. Can it, oh, back, back. Yeah, um, Isaiah 55, verse eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my way, says the Lord. Um, and this verse, um, we keep became to understand this verse in a way we never thought we would. Um, our experience of mission was amazing, um, but it was really difficult because the plan for us to be was for the, us to be there for two years. We were placed in a new missionary with no other missionaries. The nearest white people were three hours away. We were living in the middle of a rural village in an African house. Um, when we initially arrived out, so I don't know if this will work, but if you can go on to the... So when it, whenever we initially arrived out, our house... Um, there was thousands and thousands of bats in our roof um, and the, the ceilings weren't attached to the wall. So every morning you would have bat poo on your bed and everywhere. Um, but my husband's a builder, so he was able to sort that eventually. But we were kind of dropped here and it was quite, you can see the house there and it has fishing wire around outside to try and catch the fish, or not the fish, the bats. Um, <laughs> so every morning, and this is just to give you a background of what we were doing, so every hour um, we would have to hand wash our clothes by hand and it would take ages, and um, we only had a few hours of electricity a day, um, and that was from a generator, and then when we did switch it on, all the locals, like half the village, would come with their mobile phones and plug them into our sockets, and that photo is literally only one of our sockets, this was every night, I thought the house was going to go on fire. Um, the English in the area was really poor as well, so we did feel quite isolated and lonely, especially the women, they couldn't really speak English very well, but we did make some amazing friends. Um, another thing is, another challenge in living where we were is um, we only were able to eat meat once a week because there was, there was nowhere really to get it. Um, the food that we had to buy was from a local market that only came every five days, so if you've got to buy something on your list, um, you had to wait for five days. Um, but although there was so much challenge in those 10 months, um, it was the best 10 months of our life. And we experienced God in a way we never had before. Um, we had to trust God every day. And every night as we said goodnight to our security guards and closed the door, like we prayed to God um, and asked for protection and safety. And we really, really meant it. Um, and I know at home here, I go to bed at night and sometimes I don't pray to God because you feel comfortable and safe. As um, in Nigeria, we really were more so um, dependent on God. At one point, whenever we were out in Nigeria um, as well, we were evacuated for six months because there was a kidnapping threat. Um, so 
It was crazy, um, but in the midst of this, we had the most amazing ministry. Um, we were placed in the area for Stephen to oversee the rebuilding of a health clinic that had been destroyed in 1991. Um, so he was off on site with the locals rebuilding the clinic. Um, my ministry um, became focused on the children. Um, I was doing three children's clubs a week, teaching in the local primary school and teaching English to some of the pastors. Um, where's if you can go on to the next picture, there are some of the um, kids. Um, and the children's work became such a big passion of mine over there. Um, it was an area that was greatly neglected by the local church. Um, the children were pushed to the outside and told to get out of church for being too noisy. Um, there was a man who I think was an elder or deacon that would walk up and down the aisles of church every week with a cane and he would hit people on the back of the head if they were sleeping or else um, talking. And he did this to adults as well. So, <laughs> um, But children are definitely seen as second class citizens in that um, community that we were in. Um, but in time, the work developed. Um, the pastors could see the value, and it was totally amazing. Um, and at the kids' clubs, we would have had about 100 children, and it was just me and Stephen and a translator, and it was crazy, but amazing. Um, but anyway, I'm getting somewhere with this. So our missionary journey ended much sooner than we had planned because Stephen got um, a really bad back that we couldn't manage in country. The nearest physio was hours away over bumpy roads and all they did was put him under a heat lamp. Um, and he was on extremely strong medication, which was only ever going to be a short-term solution. So, and it was at that time then that there was the security issues as well. And there was the chat that if we were staying in country, we might have to relocate to Joss or Abuja or somewhere like that. Um, but our heart was 100% with these people um, and they had become our family at this point and we didn't want to relocate and Stephen's back had got to the point where he just couldn't manage it. Um, so we made the decision to come home, um, but with the plan of overseeing um, the work from the UK and visiting once or twice a year. So that's in regards to Nigeria, that's where we still are. The health clinic is nearly ready to open. Um, Stephen continues to oversee the work and he's been twice in the last year. Um, in August this year, we appointed um, a children's worker um, called Mercy, and she's continuing all the work that I started, um, and she's amazing. She goes into these villages with her parachute in one hand and her Bible in the other, and we're so blessed that the work has not stopped because of not having permanent missionaries on the field, and we can see that this was maybe God's plan all along. Um, and unfortunately with um, Ivy, it hasn't been possible for me to visit yet, which breaks my heart and I miss those children so much and I miss them being in my house and colouring in and um, I miss them coming to my door and asking for a football to play with. But um, I know this is where God has us for now. Um, I know Stephen will probably be visiting again in the next year and hopes to take maybe one or two medics with him and stuff um, to work in the clinic. Um, so yeah, if anyone's interested, let us know. But um, so yeah, whenever we returned home then, it's something that I really struggled with. I felt like we had failed in ministry, even though I can see now that it wasn't, and this was maybe God's plan all along. Um, we just didn't know it. Um, an elder from our church, who was the elder that was actually here this morning for the commissioning, he told us before we went to Nigeria that it's okay to make plans as long as you write it in pencil and give God the rubber. Um, and like that's always stuck with me because God has rubbed out and rewritten our plans so many times. Um, and recently then I was struggling with this again about the idea that me and Ivy maybe wouldn't get out as quickly to Nigeria as what I had wanted. Um, and I was reading Second Chronicles um, and it was talking about David's plan to build the temple. 
this point. Yeah, there we go. Um, David's plan to build the temple, but it wasn't God's plan. Um, God's plan was for Solomon um, to build it. And Second Chronicles 5, verse 8 really spoke out to me. You did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you will not build the house. Um, and I felt this was where I was with Nigeria. Nigeria is in my heart. Um, but I don't feel like it's God's plan for us to be there permanently anymore, and it was maybe never God's plan. Um, Me sitting here at Windsor was maybe God's plan all along, we just didn't see it. Um, And at times I still struggle with the guilt of not being there. Um, But this verse reminds me that God knows my heart, um, and it's just not his plan right now. Um, So getting into then children's ministry then, so we returned home, and I just knew I couldn't really get back into um, nine to five um, after all of that. So I went to Belfast Bible College. I did a year um, doing a graduate diploma in theology. And then we got pregnant. Um, and it, just as I was thinking about having this big break just to um, chill out and do nothing, um, a friend of mine told me about the job at Windsor. And at this point I was eight months pregnant and I was like, there's no way, this is really bad timing. Um, And I actually put it out of my head and I didn't think about it for a week or two. And then it came back into my head and I was like, well, why not? Um, Let's push the door and see what happens. And then obviously at this point we had to talk over over it with Stephen um, because we were both so involved in Newton Breda. and our family and I attended there, and it was just, it was a big decision, but we decided to leave it with God and see what happened. Um, And then, as we said, the week I was due to give birth, I had the interview, and I also had three exams um, from Belfast Bible College, so if you're ever, you know, just never plan to do that, like ever. Um, (laughs) So, like, I made the interview, but I didn't make the three exams, had to do the resets in August, but um, it's all good. So, um, and now I'm sitting here seven and a half months later, I'm ready to begin another crazy journey, I guess. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Julianne, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> That's uh, vulnerable stuff and mm. honest stuff and not easy. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that with us. Uh, this morning you shared some of your hopes and dreams as you kind of look forward uh, to the next while. Uh, can you sort of give us a, a quick summary of that? Yeah, Um, so the PowerPoint that was up this morning is on the screen there, but um, I guess my hopes and dreams are for every child at Windsor to get to to know God, to know God as their own personal saviour, to love God with all their heart and strength and mind, to serve God both at home, in church, at school, um, with their families and friends, and then um, in turn to reflect Jesus in their actions, in their words, and in everything they do. Um, I would also love for the current children's ministries to be strengthened and the leaders to be equipped and energized. Um, And then for um, the Windsor Kids Ministries to be a ministry without walls to reach further into the community, into more schools and have better contacts with the local um, community. And then in turn, hopefully then that means, um, I don't know if there's another slide. yeah, so then hopefully then that means that there'll be more on church kids um, at all the kids' ministries at Windsor, which would be totally cool. Um, and then I would also love for, um, and I know the church would love this as well, for all the ministries to be more inclusive, um, regardless of the child's background, race, religion, or dis- disability. 
Um, and I guess it's something that I'm really passionate about with my background in disability and having contact with parents of families with disabilities. I know how hard it can be to find their role within church, but not even re in regards to disability, in regards to culture and race and religion. There's so much diversity here on the Lisburn Road um, and the mission field has really come to us. Um, and I would just love for all Windsor Kids Ministries to be fully reflective of the community that we are within. Um, and I know what it's like to live as an outsider in a different country, um, having that limited communication, um, and I know it can be lonely, so I just think how amazing would it be if Windsor Kids was a place that children from all backgrounds felt welcome, safe, and loved. Um, it would be class. Um, and then just the first that I shared this morning um, is Ephesians 3, verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Um, and that's my prayer, that God will just do immeasurably more. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Um, I was just really struck uh, by how outward-focused, how fishing-focused uh, these hopes and dreams are, and that, that excites me uh, no end. Uh, just even to see that one point, uh, to have more unchurched kids uh, at all our ministries, that, that alone uh, excites me, uh, and I say amen to it. I said that this morning. And I said again tonight, amen to that. Uh, I'm so aware that as you're coming along in a new role, there are so many changes uh, for mm. you at the minute. Uh, lots of new things. So new addition to the family mm. and Ivy, new family dynamics, new job, mm. new church. Uh, tell us about some of the challenges as you yeah. come transition from Newton Breda Baptist okay. through to Windsor. Um, well, I guess it's just, you feel like you're starting all over again. Um, just as we kind of felt that we were getting to know everyone at Newton Breda, you're moving on and starting all over again. But um, as, as I said earlier on as well, just um, getting to know everyone's names as well. It's just something that I'm not very good at. Um, so I think that would be just a big challenge, just getting in, getting to know everyone, getting to know the dynamics of what happens here at Windsor, um, and getting to know all the children's ministries as well. Um, and just as well for Stephen and Ivy to settle into the church as well. Um, I suppose um, they've had no choice in just having to drag them along. Um, and I guess we just want to get to the point where Windsor is our um, home. Um, so we just really would love you to pray that we settle in um, and make friends. Um, and I guess just another challenge as well is, like you've said, balancing this with looking after Ivy. Um, but as there is so many challenges, uh, I think the excitement um, is more than the challenges, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing what um, God has to do, both um, at, with the ministries and with the children here at Windsor. Um, and let's just expect big things, I guess. Uh, we as members uh, and wider church, obviously this morning, committed to pray for you uh, in the weeks and months that lie ahead in your new role. And kind of just a final question, how best can we pray for you uh, this week, this month, over the next sort of six months. I think there is another slide, yeah. Um, so th there's just some prayer points there. Um, I guess for God to direct the children's work um, for his will to be done um, and not mine, but what God wants um, to be done. Um, just pray that I will not limit God or we as church will not limit God to dream big and expect big things from God. Um, I also just ask you to pray for God-given opportunities um, and doors to be opened into the community um, and for every child connected to, for 
connected with these ministries and um, for their lives to be saved and for those who are already saved for their um, lives to be discipled. Um, so those are some PowerPoints for the role. And then, I don't know why this isn't working. <laughs> PowerPoints for us, um, just as I've already said, for us to quickly settle, get to know people. Um, for us as a family, just to settle into life here at Windsor um, and just for me to balance this job with motherhood. But, um, you know, it just as Ephesians 3, verse 20, I just love that verse. You know, let's just ask God to do immeasurably more um, in all these things. Gillian, thank you so much. Uh, I would love to pray for you just as we close. Um, and uh, yeah, please do. Uh, hopefully that conversation has sparked questions for you and please do follow up uh, over the weeks and months that lie ahead. Uh, but let me pray for you, Gillian. Uh, Father, we give you thanks uh, today. Thank you for this special day in the life of Windsor as we commission Gillian into the role of children's worker. Oh, Father, we give you thanks that uh, she responded to your call uh, when she was four years old in a really simple yet beautiful way that she wanted to follow after you. And Father, thank you that you've had your hand upon her all these years in and out of the various circumstances that you have led her in. Thank you for those experiences. Thank you for her gifts and talents, the heart that you have given her. Father, we pray for more of that to come through in the days that lie ahead. Thank you for the heart that she has for uh, your world, for all people in your world, uh, the inclusive nature of that. Father, we thank you for that. And just pray that you would uh, lead and guide Julianne, especially this week, this month, uh, in how she goes about uh, her new role. And Father, we're aware that her identity isn't wrapped up in a title. Father, you've called her to be a follower, and so we pray that you would uh, protect her time with you, that she would prioritize her relationship with you, and that you would give us wisdom as a church to know how best to, to help Julianne in the days ahead. We pray for Stephen and Ivy as they settle as well. Father, this transition can be tricky, we know that, and so we ask for your help for this family uh, in the days that lie ahead. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, for the hope that you give us. And Father, as Julianne uh, leads, takes a lead in discipling uh, children in Windsor, and she takes a lead in helping them respond to the call of Jesus to, to follow and fish. Father, would you equip her? Would you empower her by your Holy Spirit? And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Leon.